0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC, Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around.
2: dynamic football player, and yes, this is a guy we need to move forward with or at least evaluate and say this is a guy who's there. But I also have to say this, in my humble opinion, when you look at edge rushers, tone setters, and quarterback pursuers, Mm -hmm. they impact the game every play, double team, single team, whatever it is. T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa, Addis Prine, Khalil Mack, Von Miller. There are players, right, when you talk about in this upper echelon, that you must account for them every single play in the run and in the pass. I'm not saying that Brian Burns does not deserve a contract. I'm just saying when you ask him for the whole kidney and caboodle, Mm -hmm. that means you got to play every kitten and caboodle play.
3: Agent 89, as only he could phrase it, ladies and gentlemen. As only he can phrase it, talking with KB, his weekly Monday spot, Steve Smith, uh, talking to Kyle Bailey. Got yesterday. the whole Smitty caboodle there, didn't we? <laughs> we got it all, baby. The old Smitten caboodle. <laughs> all right. So, all right. <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> uh, Throw your day the way you did that. Just just said say kid, to, you took it to Smith. Just say today, Smitten caboodle, and you'll be laughing. <laughs> the day will be better today because of that. All right. That's, all right uh, that's cool, man. All right. But it's interesting. Because it kind of empowers the folks out there in our fan base that feel like we shouldn't pay Brian Burns. And I, you and I have both noticed this, Bone. And I get it with the 0-3 start and the lack of a first-round draft pick. I definitely get it. And the stalemate that Burns and the Panthers are in. Um, you're starting to see the calls for trading Brian Burns to come back among our fan base. And I think we need to take a few minutes to talk about this, don't worry. In the eight o'clock hour, we'll get back to who we blame. We'll talk about Fitterer and Tapper. Don't worry, we'll uh, play the who do you blame? Our favorite <laughs> game is the blame game, baby, <laughs> and we will play it. But as far as this one goes, Smitty is insinuating that, and, and I don't disagree with him. Like the guys he mentioned is Brian Burns at the level of Nick Bosa and T.J. Watt. No, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. But is he a guy who plays the most important position on defense really well and would be really hard to replace? We don't have another edge rusher. I really like what Gross Matos has done the last couple of weeks. But we don't have – you know, and Houston is – you know, in his role in four pressures the other day, He he's he's solid, you know. But we don't have another, you know, just great edge rusher to move forward with, right? He is extremely valuable to this team. I am still hesitant, even though I get the arguments, Bone, that, hey, if someone wants to give us two firsts now, maybe we should talk. I'm still resistant to doing that because one of those firsts will have to be used to replace Brian Burns. And what's the percentage you're going to get a player that good? Like, it's not a guarantee. Where do you stand on this? Are your eyes opening now to maybe trading Brian Burns because of situation that we're in? I'm more
4: apt to it now than I was even a month ago with w- the way it's played out. I- I'm not a hundred percent for it because of the reasons you brought up. You know, if there was a Hassan Reddick on the roster, then or a guy that you fully trusted on the other side that you could do some work with. Yeah. Then I think it would be a situation where I'd say full go. Cause the problem right now, Mac is you have to view it from a full roster standpoint. How far away are they from being a complete roster and how do they get there without the use of a 2024 first round draft choice. There's only so many things you can do. If you want to go get your one, a wide out, if you want to go get whatever it is that you feel you need now, he would be the piece to do it. So I'm more apt to do it than I was before. And would you say Matt, that they have a defensive coordinator in place, Right now. Now, how long is he going to be here for? That's the question. If there was ever a defensive coordinator, Mac, that could maybe scheme up and do some things without Brian Burns on the roster, it might be this guy, Averro. but it's not ideal when you don't have another guy anywhere near his level on this football team. That's the problem. It's a catch 22 because you can approve the roster without Burns, but you're going to have to use some of that to replace Brian Burns. It's very complex
3: here. If, and, and here's the thing too, like, Averro's great. He's done an amazing job. Again, I keep pointing out he had that Denver defense eighth last year, and we just saw them give up 70. So, like, I, I think it speaks to how good he is. But when he was down, Luvu and Shaq and Horn and Woods and uh, Henderson, that defense gave up 25 points in the second half the other night. He can only do so much yeah. when guys start leaving, guys start falling. And I just think you take away a guy that I think is the most valuable member of that defense because he plays the most important position. Uh, your pass rusher is your most important player on defense in most cases because it's a passing league. You have to be able to disrupt the passing game, especially when you consider our secondary situation, Bone. Like the first half, a big reason why we hung around in the first half we were able to hold them to four field goals and not let them get in the end zone was because Brian Burns was getting after the quarterback up front. He was wreaking havoc. Second half, he and, and and the guys didn't do as much. But him, Brown, and YGM affected the game, affected Geno. Geno was under 50% in the first half in large part because of the pressure. Our secondary is not holding up, Bone, If if the pressure doesn't get there. So I just think he's so important. I get it. I get the need for draft collateral. I'd be more apt. I know it's not apples and oranges. It's not going to get us a first round pick, but I'd be more apt to see if the jets wanted to give a mid round pick for Andy Dalton. It's possible. You know, yeah. than I would to give up on Brian Burns. I thought it was the jets
4: play Kansas city, Philadelphia the next two weeks. Oh, so geez, they, they yeah, in reality, be, Zach, Zach, Wilson versus Philadelphia. It could be, uh, uh, that could be the end of that. That's when they're probably gonna have to make a move there. Uh, people are asking, and it's a fair question. You know, they passed up on two firsts in the past for Brian Burns. What's the current package deal right now? What's the current setup for a Brian Burns deal? Would it still be two first rounders? Because if you could still somehow, I don't know if they could or not, but if they got two first rounders, Mac, to me, you use one to try to find the best edge that you can to replace Brian Burns. And that second first you know, whether it be wide receiver, whatever it is, if you can get two for him and you use one to replace Burns and then one to go get something else, two to me, it's,
3: it's how many teams have two firsts in this upcoming draft, though? The Bears and Arizona will, but I have to go look at the rest of Because the it. odds are, and they're probably picking quarterbacks, the odds are, Bone, that like it would be this year's first and then the next year's first. Yeah. You yeah. know, now, now if you don't pay Brian Burns, how about you just go pay a wide receiver a boatload of money? Free agent, fair point, you know, and then draft the edge rusher or something like that. Uh, This texture says with the burn situation, you also need to consider if he even wants to be here. Maybe that's why the price is so high. He might not want to be with the Panthers long term. Oh, him and his family members on social media gave you every um, they gave you every indication that they're that they are mad. And, and so them being mad makes me to believe he wants the contract. He wants the offer. He just wants it on his terms. But even if he doesn't want to be here, you can fran- you franchise tag. Him, you yeah. know, I only um, do see, you I, tag and trade him then at that point. I, I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's a sticky situation. It is
4: pretty cut and dry uh, Max. Chicago's got their first and the Panthers first. Arizona has theirs in Houston's Houston has Cleveland's, but that's so they make up for their own, but. I there's not I do not see Naked Eye here anybody else with no one at the bottom no nah, it feels like it's Arizona and Chicago have the two uh two picks in the draft
3: each so. Let's see
4: uh, and they're, co- not, they're not moving off their spots
3: no no they <laughs> they probably want the QBs uh Couch coach Kyle not Carl, Kyle. Let me get straight. Let me get no, the No, Coastal Carolina Carl's down the line. That's right. Now. That's right. Um, he says nobody's going to give up two first rounds for him because he's in a contract season. Last year, they could. Uh, it's his last year. They could get him on the cheap. Well, I'm not giving him away on the cheap. That's it. That's absurd. Like it, it, two first rounders. What, 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 what is the that point. idea? One first rounder. That's like we're not getting the the idea of giving him. you you can't give him up if the offers are cheap. Now, I get what his I get what he's saying. The more on the contract, the more you're willing to give up. I get that. But um, no, no one is trading for him if they aren't going to give him the extension he wants. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you're trading for him. You're paying him 28, whatever it is, 29, 30, whatever it is. Uh, let's see here. This text says, guys, why are we always talking about trading away our talent? <laughs> I don't know, because we don't have good football to talk about. So these things come up. I don't because know. the
4: rosters never fully complete. And we're trying to get to a complete roster at some point. And this is how you got to do it, man. We, we are always roster building, Mac. We are like a show on HGTV. Every week, they're building a new house. We are building the roster every week here for the last 19 years. We're building the roster.
3: <laughs> but I will say this to the tech.
4: You te- and I are like Chip and Joanna.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one you want to be. It doesn't matter. We'll figure that <laughs> out later. Except we ain't rooting for Baylor, all right? <laughs> um, the texture to his point, though, Bone, you do have to, like, when you draft a really good football player, like, sometimes you got to pay him. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's going to cost a lot of money. Like that's the, that's the price of picking a guy that's really good at football. He will cost money when he becomes a free agent. But if we just want to trade away one known commodity that we have in a very important position and then go back into the draft pool where I would argue we haven't been great. And you want to like, does everybody believe we're going to go in and use these picks to the fullest and get great football players? Or would you just like to pay like we're not paying anybody over 20 million dollars a year on 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 uh, on average value. So why we're not paying anybody exorbitant fees. So this money should go to Burns and it should go to Brown. Like I see what you're saying, Bone, about the roster is never set. But like you have to actually if you if you hit on a guy big time, you have to actually pay him sometimes.
4: Please, God, please, God, tell me there's no one out there. Besides Shaked Bartol yesterday on social media, that wants to trade Derek Brown, please tell me that's not on the table here. Please, please for the love, you, of, for the love of God. So
3: Brown, you wouldn't trade, but Burns,
4: you would. Well, it's just based off the circumstances ongoing right now with does Derek Brown. So Brown, you would pay.
3: Brown, I would pay. Yeah, Brown, I would but pay. Is Burns. Burns is closer to the top of his position, right, than Brown is. But we also
4: don't know what's going on here with these talks no, with Brian no, Burns. We don't. So we don't know where the problem is. Is the problem on, is he getting low balled? Is he way too high? Up? We don't know exactly where the divide is either. And we also don't know, Mac, how scarring this is for the relationship either. We don't, we're not in there. We don't know. Burns is being accountable by playing football right now. But we don't know what this means for the next round of talks, right? Right now, it's tabled. Is there vitriol there between the sides? I, we
3: don't know. How is this going to play out there? Yeah, Does Bart still want to be here? I, I don't know. Have they lowballed him, or is he asking for too much? We don't know the we answer We have no to that. idea. That's, that's a legit question. By the way, caller Showtime's son is texting in. Showtime Jr., baby. Uh, we, ju- now, we now have listeners, uh, kids now calling and texting. The Jersey check. Mike Jr.'s out there, too, man. Like, we got a second generation going, baby. I love little, it. Little Mac's out there. Little right? Mac. We had a little 13-year-old Owen yesterday. <laughs> I mean, we've got generations. Of God, the, we're Olsen's, getting, old. the Olsons are out there. Oh, my God. Olsons, kids. We are old as dirt. But, no. Uh, JJ's show, kids. Showtime Jr. says, trade Brian Burns to the Bears and get our first-round pick back.
5: <laughs> <laughs> now, hold on.
3: <laughs> Come on. Not sure it's going to work out yeah, that you can't just assume the Bears don't know what they're doing. <laughs> that is fair. If any organization might be like, "Hey, we could do yeah, this." What if we right just call huh?
4: Chicago and said, "Well, we we see DJ might not be happy. Can you just send DJ back to us?" Oh, there all you right, go. Bear, all right, sure. DJ. Yeah, sure. Get
3: DJ back. Why not? How about the fact that in DJ's second game? Devin White of the Bucks says to him, hey, bro, they ain't using you right there. And he agrees with him It is second game with the Bears. <laughs> I thought DJ told us how happy he was in the preseason in Chicago. Kumbaya, man. When we come um, back,
4: the great Paul Feinbaum, the SEC Network, talks all things Southeastern Conference. And I'm sure he's going to talk about Clemson at two losses already on the season on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I just bit my tongue flatter.
1: Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports
0: Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
6: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
1: Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show.
7: Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can text us seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Myron Goodman saying not having Austin Corbett is being way undervalued. Frank Reich did talk about Austin Corbett was not definitive on when he would return after hitting IR, but did say that he's doing everything he can to get back. And once he's back out there, he'll be effective for this offensive line. But we don't know. He'll be eligible after this Minnesota game. Are you surprised that Frank Reich doesn't know, West?
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm I'm shocked man because yeah. he just never knows you know head coaches they're in on everything that their team does they know every little nuance especially when they're in the building but he just never seems to know when guys are hurt or what's going on
7: um choc doctor also wrote in wes was that cody rhodes
8: question mark question yeah man mark. Yeah, Cody Rhodes, man. It's one of the best uh, theme songs in, in WWE, man. It's fire. I have no clue. I know you guys don't know, man. Uh, when Chotch
7: Doctor wrote that in, I thought, okay, is he being funny because is it a country song? Is he asking because you talked about you being a music savant? Or is that something else I don't know?
8: And you answered it with the wrestling tale there.
9: Yes. I just never thought actors had their own theme music. Of
7: course they do.
8: Yeah, they do, man. That's part of the allure. Uh, All of the great wrestlers have great entrance music. All so right. This is one of them. Fitty trying to bring an insult to the table, of course. Oh, of course. Oh, I got to get
7: him back. He called me fat five minutes ago. I did not. (laughs) But when, when you said that, he said, No, I'm just surprised half the full cake wasn't gone yet. Yeah, that's, yeah, that one's tough. He's, he's implying that I'm fat. <laughs> okay. Y'all came in swinging today, man. I don't know. It's Tuesday. We're, once we get to the War Cry Wednesday tomorrow, maybe we can start to bring the energy up a little bit more as the show goes on. But y'all are swinging at each other. Look, I'm just... <laughs> y'all, y'all tried to act like I was the one coming between your friendship, but you guys are doing it to yourselves, and I think this is just more evidence of that happening. Let's go to Second Take Tuesday, talk about the big impact plays as we dig into the details. I'll go first, and I'll actually go to the second half. There was a throw from Andy Dalton where this was not the first throw of the day, but I thought this one was particularly impressive. Two minutes to go left in the third quarter. Andy Dalton completed a pass to Adam Phelan on the left sideline for 23 yards, and I thought Andy Dalton rolling to his right throwing across his body, escaping interior pressure initially. He did that a couple of times, Wes. That's the big no-no, right? Mm -hmm. Any QB that throws across your body, unless you're Pat Mahomes, don't do it. We saw that a couple of times from Andy Dalton. We even saw it once from Geno Smith, where there was a first down completion to DK Metcalf, I thought was also pretty impressive. But Andy Dalton, this just is one of the plays that you could point to and say, he went out there, played really hard, and played effectively, hooking up with Adam Thielen, who had a big old day, especially in the second half where they were throwing, trying to get caught up with the Seahawks that had a second half explosion. I thought that was an excellent play, throwing across the body, rolling to his right, and he had done that a couple of times, picking up a third down, by the way, so it wasn't even just a free play first and ten, let's see what happens. That was a critical moment to continue to give your team life, and I thought he did a good job of connecting.
8: I mean, Andy Dalton all day long, man, he was just playing like a savvy veteran. He knew, look, I'm not going to have a a bunch of time to get back here in the pocket and be able to throw the football. I'm going to have to improvise. I'm going to have to be all the way in my bag if I want to be able to survive this football game. And so he was making plays any way that he could do that. That play you gave is a great example of that. And Dalton, he was just a gamer for lack of a better term. He was just a gamer out there on Sunday.
7: Not a play that I pointed out, but there was another one. I I actually thought there were a couple of off-target throws to Miles Sanders. There was one where Miles got a little frustrated. There was an off target throw to Jonathan Mingo, once you go back and watch it, it was because pressure was all in Andy Dalton's grill, and you can understand why he was off target. But throwing to Miles, he was used in the passing game. There was another one across body where I thought that was, cr- not even across body, rolling to his left and then throwing it opposite direction with his right. He, he made some pretty impressive throws, no doubt about
8: it. Yeah, and so I'll go to a, a positive offensive play in the second quarter uh, around five minutes, third down and ten, and I thought that Pan- the Panthers did a good job uh of out coaching the Seahawks a little bit there. They won that rep because Seattle, uh, guys going out in the secondary, injuries, things of that nature. And I think someone had just gone out, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, they took advantage of that running a trip formation, trips. And uh, that was three receivers to one side for those who don't know. And so they used that uh, formation to be able to confuse the secondary. Guys were thinking it was man. Guys were thinking it was zone. But they hit a big play to DJ Chark. uh, That was a big first down for them on a busted coverage. And so I thought that maybe, you know, that was some of the the, the sprinkles and the chocolate chips or whatever you want to put on top of the vanilla. I think you got a little bit there where they uh, won that rep with some some savvy coaching and took advantage of a Seattle Seahawks secondary that was quite confused.
7: Well, that play, I'm glad you brought that one up. Because Joe Person tweeted about it, Frank Reich credits offensive coordinator Thomas Brown and passing game coordinator Parks Frazier for coming up with the concept on DJ Chark's touchdown catch after seeing something the Panthers could exploit in Seattle's defense. Now, Pete Carroll was asked about that very play, and Pete Carroll said, quote, yeah, we screwed it up, we busted it, we busted the coverage.
8: Yeah. Is that Pete Carroll not giving Carolina credit on that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. He said, we busted the coverage, not- not showing any love. Street's got no love.
7: <laughs> oh, no big deal. <laughs> we busted it. Um, okay, so the par- the problem with going to any of these penalties on Second Take Tuesday is that there are so many to choose from, and a couple were particularly backbreaking. I'm going to go to the sequence. It's, the it hurts. Credit talk on a catch and run. It It hurts. It hurts. The penalties I'm talking about is with 8.17 left to go is when all this starts, right? So 8.17 left to go in the fourth quarter. A third and four. You're down 29 to 20. Big time drive. What happens? My boy, Taylor Moten. False start. Third and nine. Okay. Third and nine. Not as nice as third and four. What the hell are you doing, Taylor, as a veteran even in particular, right? Icky Kwanu had four false starts. Yes. They were all brutal. When you have that many, it's egregious. But Taylor Moten is a veteran, and Icky in this sequence did not have a, a penalty. So, okay, let's take the small victories. So there's one. Then you get to third and nine. Eight, 16 left on the clock. Chandler Zavala not a veteran, very much not a veteran, another false start. So now instead of going to third and four with a chance to get some momentum and bring this within a field goal game, now you're at third or third and 14. Mm-hmm. And then you incomplete the pass. Then you get to fourth and 14, and Chandler Wooten, false start. I mean, I
0: my head was spinning <laughs> around like I was the
7: exorcist. I, you're talking about false starts, bang, bang, bang. Now you don't have a field goal attempt because you're at the Seattle 39. It would be a long field goal attempt, but you're talking about a mid 50 yarder to the point where now you can't go for it because you lost 10 yards on false starts. You don't pick up any yardage on third down and you even have one just for good measure to make the punt that much longer. Ridiculous, Wes. That was the most maddening sequence of the game. Plenty of maddening sequences. That was the one that made you realize, yeah, Carolina's not going to come back and win this because they just shot themselves in the foot three times because the first two just wasn't painful enough
8: i mean that was as one-on-one as it gets getting those false star penalties like that and i'll go back to the third quarter man talking about icky aquano getting back to back ball star penalties that was the one where i'm just like man this is just this is wild because As the left tackle, you look out there, and I said, you can see the ball out of your peripheral. And you're going up against the best pass rushers in the world. So there's no question you're going to be on high alert. Any little thing could cause you to move. So I can give you a jump every couple of games. You you might get a little jump depending on who your opponent is. But to go back-to-back, like that was... I was just like, man, that that's not acceptable by him. Well, and this is why, yeah, we, we often split
7: it into the glass half full or half empty approach, because you could come in here, and it's why I asked the question at the beginning of yesterday's show. Do you feel better in the sense that Carolina beat themselves in a lot of areas with all the penalties, and so if you shore that up, then you're going to be competing against a team that is going to be a playoff contender in the NFC with Seattle, or do you feel worse because you're shooting yourselves in the foot, as I mentioned? What, what, what's one is it? Do you feel better because you think those mistakes will be fixed, or do you feel worse because you think this is going to be a theme? And that's the problem, trying to figure out how confident we should feel on this Carolina Panthers team.
8: Uh I just think with everything you see with the bad offensive line play, because that just was the cherry on top for the horrific play that they had pretty much all day. And so I think that you feel bad because you're like, man, when you come out and have that many procedure penalties. You know the phrase I love to say, the coaches like to say a lot, they're well-coached. It doesn't look like you're well-coached when you're doing stuff like that, man. It reflects bad on the coaching staff, and I think that, you know, it's a negative in that the coaches are looking at that, and they're just like, man, you know, Not only do we look bad as far as how we play, we're being out physical, we're being beaten in every phase. Mm -hmm. But then when we come out and have multiple procedure penalties back to back to back to back, it looks like we are unprepared. I mean, you're talking about they, they, they said that they piped their noise to practice to help to combat with this. And then to go out and have multiple false start penalties, it looks like you didn't do Jack bleep. Okay, so that's how at least the perception is for a coaching staff. They're like, "Man, we're looking we're looking wild out here."
7: You know, and look, the ultimate goal is to have your team ready to play. It's easy to say it's all on coaching. But then it's like, I don't know what you would do differently. That's the coach's job is to find something to do differently in order for these players to not jump before the ball is snapped. And he was saying it was even louder on Wednesday than it was in Lumen Field. And yet here we are with all these false starts. It was ridiculous. Do you have any more on offense before we switch over to the other side of the ball? No, we can go ahead and go to defense. All right, let's go defense. I've got one to start the second quarter. I mentioned this play yesterday too. So there was the deep right pass to DK Metcalf for 34 yards on this play dante got pushed at the top of the route one hand i mean it's quite the different body comparison between dk and dante jackson big time different there so dante gets pushed at the top of the route I actually think Dante does enough and has enough speed to make up enough ground at having an attempt to have a, a defended pass. But then his angle goes towards the line of scrimmage, Wes, and maybe you know a little bit more about the technique than I do. But Dante, I think, catches up well enough to have an attempt. Perfectly thrown ball, you're not going to have any shot. But then he breaks towards the line of scrimmage. Th- Gino throws a well enough ball. Gino. <laughs> Gino throws a well enough ball, and DK picks up 30 yards on it. I just thought there were one getting pushed at the top of the route I don't know what else really Dante can do I mean he's small it's a bad matchup every day of the week against DK but then when you talk about him catching up just a bad angle to ex- exacerbate what happened at the beginning of this route so 34 yards Brian Burns has a huge sack to stop touchdown momentum so it held him to a field goal that was big time but Dante Jackson allowing 30 yard reception that was tough
8: and see that's the thing I get so tired of when people talk about Dante Jackson is they they always want to talk about the speed, and there's a there's a big thing in football is about guys that play fast. I don't care what your 40 is. Do you play fast? And Dante Jackson, to me, is a guy that does not play fast. Well, he's for all not of his disciplined. Speed, That's the problem. Yeah, for all of his speed, he gets beat often by guys. Uh, then, like I said, the tackling, don't even get me started on that. So you start to look at it and say, what does this guy bring to the table uh, from a football aspect? It's just like, he's supposed to be this really fast corner that can hang with guys and that's what you want is for him to get on those matchups with players who have great speed, but he doesn't win those matchups with regularity. Then, like I said, the tackling, he misses tackles all the time. And so that's the thing with Dante Jackson. But then when he does make a play, boy, you're going to hear about it. He just talks and talks and talks. I feel and like you're speaking to me memory. more than the audience. No, 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 I'm not. Well, the audience is more on your side. Yeah, I'm uh, just like he I'm just talks yeah, I'm just saying for anybody because I know a lot of a lot of fans feel like that about him, not to mention he goes and gets in stuff like the fastest man contest and stuff like that. and he'sfussing about how fast he is, but it doesn't help when you're on the field and you can't guard anybody. It, it, it's it's been
7: the mo of Dante's career. The guy is fast. He can keep up with you on a go route. If he doesn't bite on anything, he will keep up with you. And there was, I remember his second year, PFF had him as the best corner on go routes. But if you give one step inside or have a double move, (laughs) then he's going to bite on it with eyes going big, trying to intercept it. And then that's how he gets beat. All you got to do, you could be, you could run a four, eight. And you might be able to beat Dante down the field because you might have an in-breaking fake and then just go down the field, and that's the biggest problem. It's like, okay, can we teach the discipline? Can you get it? And if you do, I think he's going to be a good second corner, but it's the discipline, man, and in this game against Seattle, you saw it on full display.
8: And so I'm going to go for the positive, talking about Brian Burns. His play was overshadowed, but he played a really nice game. He had a sack. He had some tackles for loss, but the sack that he got that you mentioned, just, I like what we saw there, that's why I'm going to bring that up. about adding to his bag, continuing to progress, and I talked about how I want to see him dominate tackles with more regularity, and on that big sack that he had on that second and 11, I mean, he comes out there just out athletes to tackle, gives him a little shimmy, yeah. quick move to the inside, good night, he gets the sack on the quarterback, man, and I just think that uh, he's in for if he can just stay healthy this year, I think, I feel confident he's going to pass his sack number from last year.
7: Brian Burns was getting after Geno Smith. There were a lot of good um, uh, dodging of the pressures from Gino in this game, I thought from Brian Burns. He was getting away just enough to not allow Burns to have a multi-sack day, but on that play, it's the same drive I'm talking about. Really saved him from possibly scoring a touchdown. 11 yards lost on that play too. He got back there in a hurry. I'm going to pick on Dante again. I'm sorry man, you know second and 10 at Carolina's 41 at the very end of the first half Gino pass short left to DK it happens for 22 yards this one I wonder how much of this is scheme because Dante is so far off of him on this play what happens is Dante is like 12 yards off of DK Metcalf you can see it in real time I call those just throw a slant to DK it's exactly what they do oh, I't miss it. And then well Dante probably did. And then but he's running, you know, across the field at that point. Oh no, he's not. Excuse me. He cuts it back left and then there's a couple missed tackles. So okay. Dante Jackson already a bad matchup because DK is just a monster of a human being. You allow him momentum to get some speed with that kind of size. Dante, already a poor tackler, ain't no way you can bank on him making that tackle. So he misses it. DK runs for an extra few yardage. When in reality, what's a little ironic about this is DK is playing so far back on him in that situation because you don't want to get beat over the top and allow more yardage. But by allowing him to pick up speed, catching it at the 7-yard marker before he easily gets the first down, you are giving them a first down. Then he starts to run and you give up a lot of yardage anyway so in reality what should happen is you should have been a lot tighter in coverage and then just hopefully that you can stick with him as he go because he's not going to go by you he might beat you in a jump ball scenario either way that one was tough it's why i think i point these plays out first and foremost wes because if J.C. Horn's not on this team, who do you have? I mean, a D.K. D.K. is a tough matchup for a lot of receivers, especially if you don't have a big physical corner like J.C. Horn
8: out Like there. you just said, yeah, he's just a bad matchup for a guy like Dante Jackson because, like you Awful. said, if he gives him room and then he catches it, he's going to have a really hard time tackling him. And then, like you said, if he's a savvy route runner, then you can get Dante off of his uh, pivot pretty quick and be able to get yourself open. So, uh, it was just a tough day all the way around for him and that defense after the first half, because the last thing I would bring up is really the last great stand that they had in this football game was late in the second quarter when you get the uh, when you get the big play where they get the sack and then you get the interception uh, on the next play. YGM comes through as a, you got a YGM siding there. They get back there, get to the quarterback and then they get the interception from uh, Deion Jones. And then after that, it was pretty much downhill for the defense as well. But uh, that was a great sequence that they had as a defense right there.
7: Yeah, good read from Deion Jones, who you and I both did not think played very well at all in the preseason. Mm -hmm. There were people that were surprised when he was cut. I think you and I were on the same page. Like, no, I'm not surprised. Deion didn't play well. Missing tackles, not getting physical, but did make a good read on that interception. That'll do it for Second Take Tuesday, going back over some of the big impact plays. You can tell us how you feel on the text line, of course, as always, 704 570 96 10 704 did say name the better number two corners i'm guessing says i'll wait <sighs> yeah i mean i feel like there are a few better cor- look i you're talking to somebody that has hope with dante but i get burned by it i get burned just like he does on double moves <laughs> when when i believe <laughs> in dante jackson that's just how it is i want him to be good i like the guy i like the ability it just happens too often let's go to the first Fitty flash of the day what you got for us fitty
6: City
9: the taylor swift impact it's real
7: oh my god uh, i can't escape i can't go three <laughs> tweets in a row on my timeline without seeing something about it
9: not only did travis kelsey's jersey sales implode by 400 percent over the weekend This may be what finds Flounder love. I don't know if you heard the Mac and Bone show this morning. Matt Harris, the host on our sister station over at Mix, he is now tasked with finding a Swifty that knows nothing about football to pair with Flounder on a potential date. Oh, I love this idea. This is this is the best idea Bone has
7: ever had. All right, so so how are we all helping? I don't know if we are. I would love to help. Who's helping Flounder find a Swifty for a day?
9: Matt Harris, the host down down the hall. He's gonna find one of his listeners because they play all of for like thirty seven bangers over there.
7: (laughs) It's not gonna be hard to find. More than thirty seven, to be
9: honest. Yes, but. uh, so, yeah, Travis Kelsey made even more money over the weekend, and Flounder may have may have
7: love in his life outside of me very soon. All right, do you like this idea, trying to get Flounder a date out there, Wes?
8: I love it. You're going to get mad it, though, if he stops hanging around as much when he's got to go on dates and do stuff like that. Oh. <laughs> Are you going to be upset about that? He's He's not that dumb. <laughs>
9: 15 years I've put into that friendship.
7: I mean he's, Man, That does a little controlling. It, it does. <laughs> and it also, I would mm-hmm. argue against it. He's dumb enough to be in that friendship for 10, 15
2: years. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
7: I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I love you, Fiddy. I love you. I said it on the airwaves, in front of all these people. Everything is fine. You can hear Wes and
1: Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next only on Sports Radio 92.5. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this week on The Kyle Bailey Show... Sports Radio,
5: 92.7 WFNZ. Good to be back on a Monday talking a lot of football. We'll get back to the Panthers and the Seahawks and looking ahead to the Vikings on Sunday. Uh, Plenty to get to there, but a wild weekend in college football. Still needs some discussion. Specifically in this segment, we talk about the Tar Heels and the head coach of a team that is 4-0 for the first time since 1997. Of course, he was also the head coach back. Then we got the great Mac Brown, head coach of the Tar Heels, back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, fresh off a 41-24 triumph over the Pittsburgh Panthers. Coach, it's great to have you back. How good does 4-0 feel?
10: Thank you, Kyle. 4-0 feels great. As I told the team yesterday, it's the best you can do after four games, so we got to feel good about it. And the best thing for us, Kyle, is we've got a whole lot of things we can still fix. We haven't played near our best game yet. We've played one of the toughest four-game schedules uh, opening the season in the country, and, and uh, the, the guys have had four physical games, four tough games, and we're pretty banged up, so it's a great time to have an open date to, to work on Syracuse, try to uh, self-evaluate what we've done well and what we need to get fixed over the, the first four games, uh, but also get healthy.
5: I go back to pre-week one. I I talked to Shane Beamer both on the air and off, and he felt like you had a really good football team. I talked to others who cover you and uh, just others in the college football business, and they said things like, Mac has a quiet confidence about this team coming into the season. What have you seen through four weeks that's maybe, uh, you know, affirmed some of those feelings or suspicions that you had about your football team?
10: Well, Kyle, this is the best staff we've had overall together. They're working really, really well together, and we're we're playing um, – football that, that really fits each other. So we're, we're, we're playing complementary football, and, and that helps. We're running the ball more consistently. We're um, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, so we're, we're doing things that, that have been inconsistent for us in, in our past uh, four years. Uh, the other thing is we've got an older team. Uh, everybody but the cornerbacks on defense uh, have played a lot. And some of those cornerbacks have played some. But they're not as at, as experienced. But everybody else on defense has been out there for a couple of years and, and, and taking their hits. And offensively, we're, we've we been really banged up in the offensive line, so we've got to play better there. We've got to get healthier there. Uh, but here's Drake's only in his second year. People think he's, he's an all-pro, uh, but he's, he's really just played four games in his second year of college football. Uh, but we're, we've got some good running backs. We, we've got some good wide receivers, even though Tez Walker's not out there. We lost Gavin Blackwell last week to an upper body injury, so hopefully he'll be back in two weeks. Um, tight ends are playing really well. So uh, we, kicking game was uh, really good until Saturday night, and then it was great or awful. So it was just kind of crazy that uh, we have a block punt, and then we, we give up a kickoff return for a touchdown, but we return one punt for 30 yards and another one for a touchdown. So uh, we've got to get some of those things shored up, but I, I think – those that were talking in preseason, Kyle, are right. I like this team. Uh, It was going to be a very difficult game at Pitt. I knew that. I told them that. Pitt was a desperate team coming off of two losses, and and, uh, they're tough. They won our league two years ago. They were leading the league in defense, and they jumped out on us uh, very quickly, and uh, our guys didn't panic. They just kept playing and got better, and when we gave up some bad plays, they didn't panic over that either. So, i really like this team i like who they are i like where we are and we've just got to keep getting better
5: no doubt coach mac brown head coach of the tar heels he's with us on the body works plus guest hotline maturity confidence all the things that you're describing you you have it in such abundance that your quarterback feels you know brazen enough to throw left-handed touchdown passes in conference games i mean that was really impressive i'm sure you've been around a long time you've probably seen a bunch of no 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 yes moments but where does that one rank
10: that that was right at the top in fact I, I uh it was still a real tight point in the game and i told him he's walking off the field i said okay smart like you just made the number one play for sports center tonight so <laughs> you you did it and he had a big smile on his face but that's who he is he loves to play he loves to compete that's what the players love about him the coaches love about him uh he'll he'll take a hit and get right back up and go back and take another one uh he makes plays with his feet but uh that was, that was an all-timer. Oh, I, I haven't seen that. He said that was his basketball move. He used to use his left hand in basketball. <laughs> I can actually say I I could lie and say we practiced that one, but that would be a lie. I've never seen that before.
5: Well, I've never known you to lie, so I appreciate that. But but you know, when it comes to Drake, I got a chance to sit down with him here in Charlotte several weeks ago, and you know, I've, I've been open. I think he's the best quarterback prospect in the country myself. Others would argue with that. That's fine. But you know, for a guy who's got so much riding for him and on the line, right in the future, he wants to win games. Now I know that, but you know, he's also auditioning in a sense for the NFL to adapt to this new offense, to be so willing to hand the ball. Off and do whatever it takes to win, even if his own numbers hadn't been his eye popping in the first couple of weeks. What does that say about him as a person?
10: Well, it's just who he is. That's why he'll be a first round draft choice, and that's why he's better than a lot of quarterbacks I see on Sunday. uh He's just a tremendous person as, as well as great player, and and really and truly, he's thrown a bunch of touchdowns. He, Somebody said, yeah, you know, he just didn't look as sharp against uh, Minnesota. And I said, yeah, he threw for 414 yards and four touchdowns. So <laughs> I'd say that's probably a, a just a journeyman's day uh, for a lot of people. Most people don't throw for that in a year. Uh, so our expectations have probably gotten a little too high for him. But he just keeps winning. And when he does that, uh, his stock just keeps going up.
5: Uh, Mac, I, I'm sure that you've said just about everything you need to say on the Tez Walker situation, but um, given where we are right now with the NCAA and the fact that both you and Bubba came out a couple of weeks ago very strongly against that decision, um, I'd be a bit remiss not to at least ask if there is anything of an update on that front and uh, what his absence has you know, uh, you know, know, p- forced you to do to adjust without him now four games into the season.
10: Well, Kyle, the, the most important thing is him. And, and his mental health and well-being, and it was, he was really struggling. When you you tell him right the day before the um, South Carolina game, when you're down there, uh, and he's got 30 family and staff and uh, uh, family and friends coming to the ball game, uh, you tell him he's not going to play. It's just devastating. And then you there's hope for the next week with another committee. And then on Thursday afternoon, they meet with him Thursday morning, tell him Thursday afternoon he's not going to play. So we're really worried about him, and and. You know, it's one thing when these committee members get on the Zooms and they can hang up and go back to work. Um, we, we've got real-life situation with him and, and his well-being and his family's well-being. And he was just told he, he's not going to get to play this year. He's not going to get to play in the NFL this year most likely because of that. He's he's going to lose opportunities not only in the NIL or in the NFL but NIL opportunities because he's he's got a chance to be such a great player In fact, the Senior Bowl tweeted the day after they turned down his waiver that they're going to have to take him off their list. Uh, So a lot of really difficult things happened to that young guy. and uh, We really believe here, Kyle, that uh, especially me, I want to treat each player on this team like I would want my son or grandson to be treated. And and that's the reason we've been so outspoken. It's about what's best, and it's about what's fair, and and it's about – him and his mental health, but uh, a quick update, he's back at practice, he's in school, he's doing really well, he's helping us coach, and I'm really, really proud of him that he's taken a negative here and, and tried to turn it into a positive. As far as what's happening, there are a lot of really good, smart people around here that are working with him to try to see uh, what is best for him and his future, and and they're just looking at that day-to-day. Um, So there's really no update on it right now, but they're looking at every possible option that he's got.
5: Well, it's good to hear. It's a shame it worked out that way, but that's good to hear. Coach Mac Brown with us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, head coach of the Tar Heels. They're on a bye this week. Uh, and coach, a couple quick things, I'll let you go. We got to talk about your defense. And, you know, we knew some names coming into the season, guys that were likely going to be difference makers, playmakers. Um, and Kamen Rucker's been around for a couple of years now, but he's, he led you in tackles again on Sunday. He had a good season last year. He's on pace for a special season this year. Um, did, did you see this coming, I guess, in a sense? And what has he meant to that group?
10: Kyle, we, we either thought our tackles weren't very good or he was real good all spring (laughs) because nobody here could block him either. And, and we, we thought when he got to South Carolina, it was the same thing. And, and, and we just see him doing that each week. Uh, so he's very productive. He's very tough. He's an outstanding leader. Uh, he was a national honor society guy coming out of high school that people didn't recruit because he was a little shorter. Uh, so power five schools didn't offer him and, and, We're lucky. We're the the beneficiary of a really good evaluation because he's not only one of the best players on our team, but he's one of the best pass rushers in the country.
5: No question. Uh, In four games, matched uh, his career-high sack total from back in 2021. It's just been really special to watch. Now, uh, Coach, you get a little bit of a break, and then you get Syracuse coming out of the bye uh, the following Saturday at a 3.30 on a 3.30 game. What's the emphasis during the bye week, and uh, how do you try to prepare for this game given two weeks to do so?
10: Well, we've got to get healthy. And that, that's something we told the guys. If you are banged up and, and as physical as this first four weeks have been, uh, we got to get healthy. we got some key players that, that need to get back out on the field. Secondly, you have to prepare for Syracuse like you're playing them on Saturday. And, and, and more people get hurt on open date weekend or week, uh, Kyle, because a lot of the guys think it's a week off and we don't have to work and we've got to get better. So we'll work on Syracuse with the older guys, and experienced guys, and we've got a lot of young guys that we would like to see playing more. So they'll be working hard to see if they can get their coaches' trust and, and get a better chance to play. So uh, it'll be threefold, get well uh, and, and healthy. Uh, number two, get ready to play Syracuse a, a, a week from now at 3.30. And then the third thing is younger guys uh, gaining the trust of their coach so they can try to get more playing time.
5: Well, ACC, is pretty tough this year, isn't it?
10: It is really tough. I, I was just looking at it the other day. You just, you look at Duke, you look at NC State. Those, those guys are, uh, they're both playing really well. Duke's got one of the best starts they've ever had. They've got game day coming in this weekend. Mike's done a tremendous job over there. And of course, that'll be a fun game coming in here in a, in a, a month or so. And, and then you just look at the, Georgia Tech has, has come up and, and they upset Wake and uh, Florida State beats Clemson. And they haven't been beaten at home in, in forever. And Clemson's a great team we know. Uh, and then you just start looking at uh, uh, some of the Syracuse undefeated, and, and we'll watch them with Clemson this weekend, which will be very, very interesting. Miami's got a great team. They're undefeated. Uh, so it's uh, it's fun. Louisville is playing great. They'll have a great game with uh, NC State this weekend. So I'll have a fun weekend trying to watch all these people we got to play beat everybody because they're, they're really good.
5: Love it. Love it. Matt, continued success, my friend. Thank you for the time.
10: Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for having me on.
1: Tune in to Instant Replay. When the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7
2: WFNZ. The
0: exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.